from the YBA Phoenix Fitness 24-7 Basketball Facility in Rockland, California. It's About That Life Podcast with your host, Coach C. Collins and Coach MJ. It is starting. Three, two, one. Let's go. Hey, how you doing? I'm Coach C. Collins. Coach MJ, GGT. And welcome to About That Life Podcast where we talk a little bit of basketball life and everything in between. Uh, we are here on episode 22. Um, we have a really good guest, uh, kind of one of our like throwback, throwback original members, um, which we'll get to in a second. But uh, just want to say real quick, uh, thank you for those who've been supporting. Um, definitely been getting some positive feedback, um, hearing from people and really appreciate it. Uh, you know, again, if you're uh, listening on the audio version, thank you because the downloads keep going up um, on the if you're watching it or checking it out on YouTube please feel free to uh, go ahead, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. Uh, you know, one small click for you is a big help to us. So moving on from that, uh, we're here on episode 22. Um, just never thought we'd keep this thing going like this, but somehow we are. And we want to keep trying to bring you guys good content and just talk AAU and basketball in general and the, the progression and the evolution of what's going on. Uh, keep some of you parents up to current events because I know – uh, parent, quite a few parents listen to what we have to say, and and I've had people come up to me. I'm pretty sure Mark, you yep. might have had people come up to you and tell you like, "Hey, I like what you're saying. It really helps us." So, and uh, today's guest is very knowledgeable. Um, he has his own organization. He he's very similar to uh, Mark and myself. He not only um, does coaching, he does training, he does you know all kind of skill work, and, and he. He's a cut from the same cloth. He understands the grind and he understands the work that needs to be put in, not only as a player, but, you know, um, uh, the commitment just overall you have to put in this game. Um, one thing a coach that said to me, which is always true, uh, basketball will never tell you I love you back. You know what I mean? You'll you'll love it to the day you die, but it'll never tell you I love you back. So, you know, he he's definitely a brother who who understands that and comes from a really strong place with that. So without with all without further ado, let me introduce Brother Brandon Bracey. How y'all doing, man? Finally. <laughs> man. Got him up in the show. Yeah, what y'all don't know, we've been trying to get him here for like a month, two months, yeah. three months, yeah, <laughs> somewhere it's been around a minute, there. Man. The schedule's always been, you know, a conflict, but I'm I'm happy to finally be here. I'm glad you're here too, man. Um and it's always good. Well, it's obviously better to be busy than not have shit mm-hmm. to do. So right, right. <laughs> that's a, it's obviously a good situation. But um, I want, well, first off, let's talk about kind of where what he does right now and who he is. Um, he runs, well, he's going to break more down to you than me. I'm just going to give you guys the quick introduction. But he has uh, Team Rampage, which is his AAU program, um, a pretty prevalent program in the Vallejo area, right? In the, in the Bay Area. And I know you pull kids from kind of all over but mm-hmm. Vallejo's uh, the home base um also he has Bracey Skills Academy right mm-hmm. that's kind of like at least your overall clinic thing like your introduction thing. and then basically that Skills Academy seems to be like Bracey training it's like an offset of that as well pretty much yeah so he's he has you know the trainer hat the group Skills Academy hat and the you know, director, administrator, coach hat. So you wear a lot of hats, right? And, and you have a a nine to five too, right? Right. (laughs) So, yeah. So my man is uh, doing a lot. So, you know, uh, Bracey, go ahead, kind of, you could break down, you know, some of your basketball history, you know, what you did um, from high school, collegiately, 
and whatnot as far as a player. Talk about your transition into this AU stuff and, you know, let the people know who you are. Yeah, man. So I've always had a deep passion for the game since I was young. Um, I was introduced through it or introduced to it just by watching. You know, I was watching one of the playoff games with my dad at the time. I was like maybe second grade. And, um, you know, one of the games that was on TV was the Spurs and the Lakers. Nice. And, you know, young kids, most of the time they're going to go with whoever wins, bandwagon. So at that particular game that I watched, which was my first game, I remember the Spurs happened to win that game, and I've been a fan ever since, and I've kind of been a, a <laughs> basketball fan ever since. Nice. And so it just led, you know, me going to high school. I went to Vallejo High, uh, graduated in 2009, played varsity there, and I moved on to Solano Community College, played there, and then I went to Pacifica College, which is now uh, more of, it's like, I forgot what the college is called now. It's in SoCal, but they kind of switched the names. Yeah. Kind of similar to like Bethany. Right, 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 right. issues with small schools. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, I was happy to get some college experience there. And then from there, I just, I kind of just did more research on what you had to do to coach and, you know, what you need to be a college coach. So I just, mm -hmm. it just led me to get my degree. Nice. And really, with AAU, man, I had no, I had no intentions on doing AAU. It's I, funny I how really that starts. Right? I really didn't. I that mean, sounds like you. Yeah, I had, <laughs> I had no intentions because at the time I had a younger brother who was in high school, and I was just working with him and training him. And then next thing you know, you know, his friends come up. Now I'm training him and a couple more. Now four kids turn into seven kids. Seven kids turn into ten. Oh, I got a, I got an AAU team. Yeah. That's how and it so, always starts. And that's basically how, how Rampage started. And then from there, you know, once my brother graduated high school, I didn't think I was going to keep it going. Like, I, I thought it was just going to be one of those things where... Marcus you know, Kirkland trainer. Why is Marcus Kirkland? <laughs> why is Marcus going? <laughs> Marcus, why are you literally calling me right now? Marcus. Shut up, Marcus. Huh? What happened? You're, bro, you're, on, you're the on the show. We're literally filming the podcast and you're on the show right now. Okay, but everything cool? Yeah, yeah, man. I was <laughs> everything, bro. Uh, uh, Mark's here and Bracey's here. Why don't you say what's up to them? They can hear you. You, it's Marcus, not just me. Marcus, what's going on, man? Bro, you on the show? You live? It's live. I'm live then. But you said call you in 20 minutes. I thought it was emergency. No, no I was saying call it 20 minutes because I was going to put you on the show. Because this is the this is the first time all four of us have even been able to like be around each other since we did the episodes way back when. Hey, you know what I'm saying? You know, God is good, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you got you got any insightful words before I hang up on you, man? No, I don't. First of all, first things first, we need to talk about what the hell is going on with AAU and these kids punching and knocking kids out. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's right? Crazy, man. Well, yeah, that's that, that seems to be a trend right now. The kids are going D1, so they're going to hold them back 25 times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody's getting held back. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. it's, it's the wild, wild west out here right now. So all these coaches care about winning. You know what I'm saying? More they care about the kids. Yeah. You know, you you were you were there at Soldier Town when I was there. You saw how crazy right. that was. Just <laughs> talk about last but not least. You brock, you pop, you wait, wait, wait. You showcasing kids that don't got good grades. <laughs> oh my goodness! Tell me about that. Oh my god! Why? Yeah. Five years, he can't go nowhere, people. That's all I'm saying. I'm tired of seeing it. It's the same cycle over and over. We need to talk about. We need to bring up a league. That's what I'm about to do. 
I'm hey. bringing up a league, bro. Okay. I'm bringing up a league for the kids that, you know what I'm saying? I'm tired of seeing 12-year-olds play against nine-year-olds and think they're good. It don't go to, it don't go to <laughs> You go do a league, do a league by age? Yes, all age, bro. It's tired, bro. This is ridiculous, bro. It's getting ridiculous. Like, at this point, bro, you can't be 13 playing 10-year-olds. It doesn't go that way. It just doesn't. <laughs> I'm I'm upset. I'm all of y'all don't want me on the show. I'm going in. I don't care. You are on the show right now, so this is going to be recorded. So don't worry about it. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy, bro. This is madness, bro. This is freaking madness. It's getting ridiculous, and you know, um, it's ridiculous. I like what y'all doing. Shout out Mark. You know, he getting people scholarships left and right. You know what I'm saying? Bracey too. Stuff is growing. Shout out three braids. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, man. You got that hat on tight, right? Ah, no. damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's talk about that. I was there in Oakland. I've seen it. I was put you on my I realized that wouldn't be a good move. But you let's try another day. Yep, you're right. You're absolutely right, man. Well, it's good talking to you. Good hearing from you. We're going to get back to the rest of the show, but glad you called, man. All right, y'all. Y'all have a good one, man. All right, bro. Marcus. <laughs> that brings a whole dynamic to the right, show. Right, of course. Does, <laughs> go ahead, Bracey. Go back, go back to who you are, man, everything going on. Uh, man, <laughs> you were um you were saying how you didn't uh you didn't even plan on coaching AAU. Like you didn't it kind of just happened. You you ended up with like what you said you had like five kids, six kids, seven next thing you know, you got like a team and it's all going from there. So what else from there? Right. Um from there. Like I said, I didn't I didn't see myself coaching AAU at least for Rampage mm-hmm. after my brother graduated because he graduated twenty sixteen. We started twenty fifteen. Right. So I was like, man, I don't know if I want to keep it going. I kind of want to just train and you know go to high school or maybe even help out at a high school. I, I really wasn't all in with AAU. Yeah. And the next thing you know, like maybe a month after we finished up in Vegas, it was a lot of different kids interested in joining kids that I've never seen kids that are from different areas. So I'm like, well, let me, let me try it another year. Yeah. Let me see what happens one more year. And if I don't like it, then I'm gonna get rid of it. If it keeps growing, I'm gonna just keep doing it. And it just kept growing. And then, you know, meeting different people, you get start building a staff and it just, just grew right from there. Okay. So that's basically how you know Rampage basically started, but it was it was all due to you know my brother and his peers. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, how many um how many years total have you been doing it? Uh, we are on six years now. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. You know, you get past like two. Yeah, you're, you're pretty much. <laughs> I know you've seen a lot of programs. Oh, bro, they're brand new. Then six months later, bro, bro fucking yeah. Thanos comes and Man. snaps his fingers, and that shit's <laughs> exactly. gone every six months. You know exactly. what I'm saying? So no, the, the fact you're still here, man. I want to um, let's get into our first question. So, you know what what's been your overall experience with the AU? I mean, you kind of alluded to it, and you know the good and the bad. That's kind of what I ask every coach and director here. It's kind of you know. It, because we have so much to say, we have so many opinions, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, just just give your perspective on how it all works, and it's just your overall what you think about it. Well, I think Marcus, the phone call kind of touched on most of the bad already. <laughs> right? A lot of that is an issue with you know kids playing down, and you got coaches care more about winning than developing and teaching the kids. Um, but for me, I would say the bad is just dealing with the political side of it. You know, you're doing everything that you can to help a kid, and you just see other 
kids. Not that you're knocking them because, yeah. you know, you'd be happy for any kid. But right. you're just dealing with the political side of a kid that works hard. But just because you don't have a certain, you know, name on the jersey mm-hmm. or whatever, you may not be able to get into certain events or they may not take your word the same as somebody else's. Mm-hmm. So that's the only part I don't like. The good of it is it's a lot of good to me because yeah. you get a chance to travel. That's probably the best part. And then you're traveling with kids that may have not been to some of these places that you've been to. So it's kind of like you're giving them experiences that's going to last a lifetime. Absolutely. So that's the best part about it. And then, of course, the development, just because I'm a trainer, taking a kid from point A where he may have been a bench player on this JV team to now he's an impact player the next year as a varsity player. That's that's the best part. So I I think that's the good and the bad. And then um, just my whole overall of how AAU works is – it should be about development because when I was, when I was in high school, AAU was looked at as an off season program. You know, you had your school mm-hmm. and then you go AAU for the off season. And that was where you, you know, played against more competition, played or meet new players. Kept you playing. It kept, kept you, you playing. So yeah. when you got back to high school, it was like, Oh, this is easy. I just played yeah. against mm-hmm. the number one player in the country right. in Vegas. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's how AAU should go. Now, does it go like that for everybody? I'm, Pretty clearly, sure clearly not. It doesn't. It doesn't. But for me, it's just more of a as a tool to develop and help really the kids succeed in high school and after high school. To nice. Me. Very good. Mm-hmm. I think I I know um something I say to my parents a lot. Um I say the you know, the goal or the purpose is development. The goal mm-hmm. is to win. Right. Right. In right. that in that finite moment where we're in the game, my goal is to win because I'm a competitor, right? Facts. We we want to win. But the purpose right is always development Mm -hmm. and we see what some organizations the purpose is very much not about that Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and you know no knock to them um that's just their business model they're going to follow right you know and that's just not one we are i think we all agree on that so you know talk more about your journey with rampage in terms of um you know your and this is obviously more of a unique situation for you. You know, you're in the backyard of some pretty heavy hitters and some pretty heavy competition, as as you know. Obviously, the obvious one being the soldiers, the mm-hmm. Oakland soldiers, the EYBL. I mean, they have off branches of the Sacramento soldiers, San Francisco soldiers, right. whatever. But it, we all know it feeds into the Oakland, the Oakland soldiers. So, and you know, like I said, you're, <laughs> you know, your stones throw away from each other, um, and you're pulling and tugging at some of the same kids, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And then you have Team Lillard. Right, uh, Lake Show kind of right there mm-hmm. in that general direction too. I mean, is MBBA still out there doing their thing? They, a bit? they okay. are. Okay. I haven't really seen them during the pandemic yeah, as much, but they're either. still. But around. you know they what I mean? They teams, they, yeah. they have a lot of teams. So yeah, it's Arsenal? like is Arsenal in is, where's that? That's at? close. Arsenal, Oakland, Bay Area. Yeah, okay. you can say that they're back. Yeah, there. Arsenal. Okay. So I'm just saying, like yeah. that. These are all the you know I would say the more prevalent names outside of yourself, right? That and you're all basically essentially competing for a lot of the same kids, mm-hmm. you know. For you, um, what do you feel you offer and Rampage offers? Because basically, or basically, Team Rampage is an extension of you, um, and and your experience is kind of working with that situation. You know what I mean? Like you know, basically, I'm telling you, you know, pat yourself on the back. What do you think you do well that can helps you stand out amongst all that? Right. So, you know the. The thing that makes Rampage unique is just the location, first of all, because, yes, those teams are in our backyard, but we're also 
we're in the North Bay area. So, okay. you know, Oakland, San Francisco, that's close, but nobody from Oakland, San Francisco is really breaking their necks to go to where we are. Okay. So I, I kind of have a unique situation where it's like, okay, I'm in Vallejo. I have Fairfield surrounding me. I have Benicia surrounding me, maybe even American Canyon, Napa surrounding me as well, Vacaville. <clears throat> so I don't really have to compete with them too much unless okay. it's like a top tier kid. Right, right, right. So like if it's a top tier kid and they're trying to get this kid for a circuit, then that's where the competition may come in. Mm hmm. But for the most part, I really don't cross paths with them too much. Okay. Just because, you know, of where we are. And then as far as, you know, what I offer that I think is different is just myself. Really, okay. I think, you know, coaches, you know, they look at the brand and the brand speaks for itself. But, you know, it's the man behind the brand that helps the brand go. Mm -hmm. So for me, I, I, like, I like to say I'm just I'm honest and my personality sticks out. I can't, you know, it doesn't mean that. Nobody else doesn't have a good personality. It just means that who I am, the kid are going to come to me because of who I am and what I represent. And so that's what I like to say is different because we all train. Right. And we all play games. Mm -hmm. so, you know, we all go to tournaments and we all are at the same tournament. So it's really nothing that you really could say other than maybe the delivery. Yeah. Or the connection. But that's where your personality would come in. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And, and buy-in for your kids is obviously – really important i think right. mark gets great buy-in out of his guys and mm -hmm. i think that's why they excel really well and same with you i mean i shouldn't well shit i share both y'all players so i mean like <laughs> yeah there's and they are a reflection of you you know right. that like because you guys have had them much longer than i have you know mm. i just for for the yba standpoint i just think you know i'm on that stage that's a, a a little bigger just because we've been around for 20 years 20 years yeah but i always tell the boys um, it's it's a testament to you guys, and you know my respect for what you guys have done with them. That's why you're here. Mm -hmm. It's not just because you know um, I like you, like whether I like you or don't like. It's like no, I know your coaches, I know your back, I know their backgrounds, I know mm -hmm. the product they push out. So if you're gonna represent my YBA product, I I want to know like I have full confidence in you. So right. it's I, I just really appreciate the work you two do with that, mm -hmm. especially you know because then we'll get more into that with like uh, MJ and stuff because I think he's mm -hmm. a real like pinnacle for both mm -hmm. of you guys right. really mm -hmm. working together and making that happen. Well, one thing that I want to say like you know just from you know like I said like I've been here living out here for three years now. And I remember when I first, you know, when I was still starting up and I was uh, working in Davis, you know, I was using this little yoga gym. And I remember like Bracey was one of the only people who like reached out to me. And remember you came out to one of my workouts, yeah. you drove all the way to Vallejo, nice. yeah. you know what I'm saying? That little gym I was at. So, so that was something like I said, like, and I didn't you know for him to do that, you know, this was before, you know what I'm saying? What I've been doing now to helping with the kids to, you know, in the beginning, you know, I was still with some of my older guys now, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Just meeting them at 24 hour fitness or whatever, just working with them, you know, and I just remember that. And and one, one thing that I would say is, you know, this, this is why I feel like, you know, you know, like I mess with you, you know what I'm saying? Like, especially in the area that we are in, I just noticed and just, just me, right. We bought that life, you know, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> with the area, it's the culture. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I mean, you on the show, so we might as well talk about this. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, like how the culture is in our area of Solano, Yolo, uh, Yolo, Yolo County, you know what I'm saying? From from Davis to Woodland to Winters to Dixon to Vacaville to Fairfield. Now we're getting out to you, you know, in Vallejo. You know, like I said, we're not sack, we're not like the Bay. 
But for you, what what I noticed that I, I like, and like I said, why the kids are drawn to you, and I try to take some of that too, is like you said, like I'm just being me. Like I'm not, you know, of course, still, you know, the old school mentality, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Just being 100, it's 2021. Right. The, the game is changing. Definitely. The philosophies are changing. So I just feel, again, like I said, I'm from Southern California, I'm from San Diego. So when I came here, we moved out here, you know, just seeing how the the culture is to me, how I am, and I see what you're doing, you know what I'm saying? Like you're being you, you know what I'm saying? And you're being what the time needs right now, you know what I'm saying? And so that's why I, I relate to you because, you know, you keep it 100, you know, you're like, like for me, like, I feel like I'm a big kid. Like I'm not, like I'm, I'm still like in my mind, I'm, I'm still a hooper too. Right. You know course. what I'm saying? Like I'm still yeah. a hooper. I went through this grind. I know how it was, you know what I'm saying? Um, so, so I see that in you, you know what I'm saying? With what you do, you know what I'm saying? The Vallejo area and everything like that. So I just wanted to give you props about that. Cause, uh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely, man. I, and like you said, it's, it's needed. Splash for you, bro. Yes, sir. I like the <laughs> like little splash. <laughs> but no, nah, I mean, for a while, I think even before, and that's kind of what, that also played a part in me starting Rampage because I would just sit back and I would just look at the AAU programs in our area and I'm just like, there's no development. And then you look at the high schools, there's no development. But you have a lot of talented kids. So the talented kids are just Getting older, to exactly. just passing by, passing right. by, and it's yeah. like, man, how would he be if he had a trainer? Right. Yeah. Or yeah. how would this kid? I, I even now, like, I, I look at certain kids that come from my area that are older and may mm -hmm. even be close to my age, mm -hmm. and I'd be like, dang, I wish, I right. wish there was a rampage or a GGT right, right. ten years ago. What would mm -hmm. this kid be yeah. doing right yeah. now? You're right. Especially like in your area, like what I notice is. Like I said, I'm from Southern California. I just see like a lot of the good, really good basketball is in the Bay, especially like where we're at, especially where you're at. You get the parents who are from, oh yeah, I'm from San Francisco. I'm from Oakland. Mm -hmm. They come over here, you know, and that lineage, you know what I'm saying? And I see a lot of those kids in the Vacavilles, in the Dixons, mm -hmm. in the Fairfield, especially Fairfield where I'm like, damn, you know what I'm saying? That kid, he can be nice. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And so of course, like you see the height, you see the talent, but it's like the guidance, you know the blueprint like i always, like i always want to say like you know some i know with vacaville you know they're big on baseball davis is big on soccer <laughs> you know what i'm saying just, just what you i've got, been observing you gotta you find know? your niche mm -hmm. yeah and so, you guys are doing it i um yeah. the, the that's good because we're basically leads into the next question um the balance between you know trainer and coach you know what i mean it is a it is a balance and that's kind of a really cool situation with all three of us we are trainers and we are coaches and we find that balance between both um for you you know when you're when you're you know bracy the trainer and and bracy the coach is there a difference in approach is there a difference in dialogue what, what would you say is the big fundamental difference it's almost like two different people okay because if i'm training you like if i have a kid and i'm training them i'm working on your skill I'm trying to improve a certain skill that mm -hmm. may be a weakness. So, you know, when you come to me as a coach, I'm trying to win a game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm trying to, you know, when I'm a trainer, I'm trying to improve a skill, but I'm trying to win a game. So, therefore, there's a lot of, there's a team element that comes into play. There's strategizing that comes into play. So, it's, it has to be two different people. Mm -hmm. Because if I just looked at just training, then there would be no strategizing. Mm -hmm. There wouldn't be me trying to win. I'd just be worried about just you doing what we worked on. But I try to I try to train 
based on what I would like and another coach would like at okay. a high level. So if I know that most coaches are not going to allow this certain move to happen, I'm not going to work on it. Right. I'm only going to work on things that, okay, I would like to see this kid do this for me, mm-hmm. and I know that this college coach would like to see this kid do this for him. Okay. So let's just work on that. Yeah. And smart. It's an efficient know, way like to look that. at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, well, for any kids or, or parents out there, you know, that, that let's say you're, you, let's say you have a few people listening right now have no clue who you are. Or they're just learning you for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kids, parents, a coach, whatever, whoever's listening to you, you know, um, what, what would you tell them is like, the staple for you like what what what's the legacy you want to leave out there you know or the impression i should say not legacy but the impression you want to leave out there for them uh, i would say the legacy i want to leave is just hey man coach gave it his all to help me become the best athlete i can be the best person i could be the best future husband or father i could be and the tools that coach bracy gave me Help me in that. I mean, that's really the legacy because basketball don't last forever. I mean, we all played mm-hmm. and we've all now here doing what we're yeah. doing now, you know. Mm-hmm. Not saying that we can't still play. But, <laughs> but you I know. Get a little bit of buckets. Yeah, 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 side courage. <laughs> <laughs> but, at the, you know, we all, you know, you, you move on, you, you get older. And, you know, like I can remember myself, even though I'm coaching now, there are things that my former coaches taught me that I still carry with me to this day. So I want to make sure I just have enough for kids to say, man, I remember when Coach Bracey taught me this or we went on this trip and he showed me this or, hey, man, my first time going to Phoenix was 10 years ago with Team Rampage. Now I'm here and I got a new job. Nice. You know, things like that. That's kind of the legacy I want to leave. Very cool. Very Mm -hmm. cool. So when COVID hit, because I want to talk about that because it's – it had to hit a little different in your area because I think the numbers, I mean, from what I recall, especially because my, my mother lives in Oakland, my family. So I just remember um, Vallejo, the different Bay Area uh, population, populace just was hit way harder than I think Mark or for sure myself being out here in between Rockland and Sacramento. Like mm-hmm. numbers were way different when COVID did hit. And, um, you know, I, I watched you and Mark, uh, you know, from social media, basically get real creative on your guys' training tactics, getting kids out there, you know, whether you're doing online stuff. I know you both kind of do outdoor stuff anyway, but you were like doing that more and more and more because you're just trying to do anything. You you made a you made a great post on IG. I remember I talked about it uh, where you were saying, like, if I'm seeing my rival guys work out at the at the park, like. I'm calling my teammates like, hey, these motherfuckers over here working. Yeah. We need to, like, put in and work. We're not going to use this shutdown as an excuse not to get better. Yeah. And I just thought that was that was really cool. I mean, I just wanted you to kind of touch base on that. You know, since since it did get pretty hard, hit pretty hard, you know, what innovations or new things did you think you kind of had to think outside the box to keep the, keep the wheels turning, right? Right. Um, man. I just remember, like, when it first started, I was just like, dang, I got to cancel everything yeah. I scheduled. Damn. So that was the first thing, was Rampage had to go completely out. Because mm-hmm. I didn't know what was going to happen. Exactly. So every, I mean, we had all these, especially for Myron. Like, yeah. you know, Myron was talking to, like, Sac State at the time. So I was already, like, planning certain events and mm-hmm. out the door. So for a while, I would say about the first month, I didn't do nothing, really, the first month. But then 
I'm like, you know what? Let me. Okay, nobody's at this park. Let me see if I can train. <laughs> right. right. I mean, because, you know, for a while, I mean, it yeah. was cool when the shutdown first happened, but yeah. after a while, I was like, okay. It was months. Yeah, and it was like, like, it's time to go we outside. Gotta, we got to do something. We got to do something. Yeah. So I trained one kid, and then next thing you know, four kids came. Just kind of like I rampage yeah, yeah. Five kids come. Next thing you know, oh, we can go full court now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now we got five. So then it just became something that I just, it was just part of my day. Like, yeah. get up in the morning, train outside posted i mean it wasn't like we were you know getting ready for no tournaments right. it was it, I, looking back at it it was really fun because right. there was nothing on the line no no pressure yeah. it was no high school game we we're getting ready for it was you no just getting kids better keeping them active man yeah. and that that felt good man but you know like back to the post you know it goes back to what mark was talking about with the culture like mm-hmm. that's what's wrong with our area mm-hmm. is there's not a lot of kids that love the game so when you have a kid that does it's gonna stick out Right. Yeah. Instantly. Because there's not a lot of kids that love it in our area. So, you know, there would be kids that would come to my workouts that never came to my workouts before, but because we're the only people outside, mm-hmm. like, they'll oh, come well. there like, hey, I'm bringing my five from Bethel. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> hey, Let's five get to work. is up here. <laughs> we can have a little five on five <laughs> outdoor right. game. Like, so we was trying to recreate like That's the dope. new 2021 or 2020 at the time and one mixtape tour. Nice, <laughs> nice. Man, I remember those <laughs> days. Yeah, man. I mean, because I think everybody was – I mean, because even with, with Mark, like the guys he had outside, when mm-hmm. Marcus started doing his open gyms, mm-hmm. the five that he had outside was at those open mm-hmm. gyms. The five that was outside mm-hmm. with me were at those open gym, and it was just like courtside. Yeah, a lot of guys got better out of that. Good, yeah. I mean, again, like you said, you find out who wants it and who doesn't. That's mm-hmm. one thing COVID did show. You know what I mean? Uh, the also for your your job, right? Don't you work with kids? Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. So I even want to touch on that because I think that's a really cool perspective because you work with kids anyway, right? Which is, um, you know, you you saw the impact of not having sports mm-hmm. and not even going outside. And mm-hmm. I know that's a big topic right now with mental health and all that. I'm not going to elaborate and all that, but I think a lot of people know that that's out there. Um, what was kind of that perspective of, you know, you, you observed it from your work standpoint of how these kids are affected with no outside, no sports, no anything. How did it make you, did it make you value it even that much more? Yeah, that's why I'm traveling so much because okay. I, I just know how it felt at that time. Right. Every, it wasn't just myself, of course, but it was everybody just sitting there like, dude, we can't do nothing. Yeah. yeah. Like the world just stopped. So, you know, you know, for Parks and Recs, because that's where I work. So a lot of they were trying to figure it out at the same time. We all were trying to figure out, like, mm-hmm. what can we get these kids? Can we do virtual learning, you know, from their computers? Can we give them a little workout? I'm just like... You can, but if you're not there with them, it's different. Yeah. And so for me, like everything that we were doing with the job, I kind of was taking and seeing how I can flip it and do it on my own. And next thing you know, you know, the the job was like, man, you got a lot of kids doing these <laughs> trainings. And da, da, da. I'm like, man, hey. Like, I'm just trying to do my part. You know, I'm uh, doing my part, but at the same time, I can't sit back. Everything can't yeah. be virtual. Right. You know, yeah. like, because right. I did start off doing virtual, like, Instagram live mm-hmm. sessions, but. Ain't the same. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> it's not You're right. It, it really isn't. Yeah. Um, well, no, that's that's really cool perspective. Uh, I really want to touch uh, on uh, this last topic is uh, with because I again I'm just from the uh, and I caught the tail end of it, but just watching you two work together was just really cool to observe um, 
as someone who knows how difficult that can be because obviously with YBA, I, I have to collaborate because the way I always try to describe it, I, I try to use college terminology. I'm like, YBA is a D1, but we're we're a Sac State D1. We're low not, ma- we're major, not Duke. Major, yeah, yeah, exactly. We're not yeah. Duke. We're not, yeah. you know, that's the soldiers, right? Then we're not Kentucky, right? So I know at some point I'm going to run across these guys' paths or I got to work with them, right? So it puts me in a unique spot. But I think for you guys and what you guys were able to collaborate and do with uh, MJ, and you know, shout out to him and, and San know, Jose State. Right. Congratulations! Jose Let's State. throw that out there. Can't Congratulations! Wait. Let's get finally. San Jose State. Uh, cannot wait, Co- Coach Miles. You got a good kid there, man. Mm-hmm. So you know, um, we can't wait to see that progression. And obviously, I'm sure he'll he'll talk, he'll talk and say his piece. Maybe we could call him. He could talk on the show <laughs> too. He'll say his piece. Uh-huh. But no, I um, I just really wanted to talk about that journey and you guys collaborating i mean and, and you know really communicating with each other you touched base on it earlier anyway but you know how how i more or less want you guys to talk about how it's not as fucking hard as people think it is <laughs> that's really what i want yeah. people to understand it's really not hard to work with someone if two people are willing to and they're taking themselves outside of the equation because that's at least from what i've observed from both of you it never was any ego in it because remember when i saw you in ladera there's mj right there with you in a team rampage jersey you know what i mean doing Mm -hmm. his thing hooping having a good time right but then you know he's with you uh going to arizona i mean Mm -hmm. it's just it was for me as the third party just watching it, I enjoyed it watching two brothers that I have a lot of respect for mm-hmm. um, being able to work to help this kid to get to the end goal, which was a D1, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you, you did your jobs as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. I just kind of was curious what you guys had to say about it. Well, go ahead. Brian. I know he touched upon, like, you know, me hitting him up first. So it's crazy how everything started. So when I first. When I first, well, I seen Myron in eighth grade, but it was more like a, you know how you see kids in tournaments like oh yeah that kid's gonna be good, but then right. you may not see him no more. Right, right. So that's kind of how it was with Myron. Okay, we was we was hosting a tournament. Okay, and so we brought them in, and you know I'm looking at all the teams, so I'm doing the clock. Right. And so I'm looking at this kid like, man, this kid got a motor. Right. Five, six, five, seven. This kid yeah. got a motor. He's in eighth grade, he was playing up too. He's playing fifteens. Wow. Yeah. So I was like, oh yeah, he's gonna be good. But never did I think he was right. gonna grow. Right, what he is. So, fast forward three years later, one of my other shout out Antonio Hodges. You know he helps out. He was a big part in Rampage as well. So he he went to he just happened to go to a game Vacaville Vanden, mm-hmm. and he went to go watch Vanden because Vanden was the hot, yeah, hottest yeah. thing in the yeah. county, no, no doubt. So after the game, he calls me. He says, "Hey, <laughs> Vacaville got a kid that you should go yeah. get." This was Myron's junior. So right. This before yeah. the name, right. Yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, Vacaville. I just watched him play last year. I didn't see nobody on Vacaville. Yeah. He's like, dude, this dude got a chance to be the best player around. Yeah. I'm like. What? <laughs> I'm sitting there like, okay, I got Teo. You got all the St. Pat's kids. I'm mm-hmm. like, I have not heard nothing about no Vacaville kid being yeah. the best player in the area. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, what's his name? He's like, man, I don't know his name. He's number five. Let's go look at number five. <laughs> so I went to the game. And I'm the first thing I thought about was me seeing him in eighth grade. So yeah. I'm like, oh man, he's six feet now. Right. You saw him, you're like, that oh, was just yeah, I remember six feet, that kid. though. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. He's, six, he's six three now. Yeah. yeah. But when he got to six feet, I was like, oh, he's legit. Because <laughs> I seen him at five yeah. six. Yeah. So, you know, I, I met I met the father, I met Myron, and then 
the first thing we talked about was like, hey, man, are you free tomorrow in the morning? This is a night game. <laughs> so are you free tomorrow in the morning? This was like Saturday the next yeah. day. He was like, yeah, I'll be there. I'll train at the Croc Center 6 in the morning. Yeah. So I train him 6 in the morning. He goes to a workout. We get a lot of shots up. We train for about an hour and a half. So, you know, it's over. I go home. It's about afternoon time, 12 o'clock. I'm just scrolling down Instagram, and I see Myron post Mark's workout. Okay. And I'm looking. Like, maybe, maybe this is an old video. <laughs> but I'm looking. He has the same outfit on. So I'm like. Yeah. So I'm like. And that's what he be doing, too. Yeah. Same shirt the same. whole day. Yeah, so it's like, it was like he literally. And I'm not saying so like he nasty or like no, that. No, it was yeah, like he yeah, literally but left he went from my the game, workout. Yeah. Left your workout. To okay, go straight same. to Mark's workout. Nice. So now. Me seeing him do that, I'm like, oh, yeah, this kid is different. Because mm -hmm. most kids don't do that mm -hmm. after a game the day before. Yeah. So, you know, that was my first thing. But then I'm looking at the video and I'm seeing what he's doing. So, the, mm -hmm. the you know, the stuff he was doing with Mark training, I was like, okay, he's doing some proper stuff. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, it says Dixit or Davis, I believe. I'm yeah, like, I was in Davis. so it was, it was mind-blowing to me because I'm like, <laughs> okay, this is a kid I never heard. Of. I've never seen yeah. a trainer come out of Davis or Dixon. <laughs> so now I'm just like. You're like, who is this I'm guy? Like, what is going on? I'm like, what is going on? So, you know, time, I finally decided, you know, just to reach out to him and introduce myself. And, you know, he invited me to his gym. And Myron was in there after I had just trained in the morning again. So he was doing like two a days. Very early, like the start of his junior year. So, like, that's why when me and Mark talk, like, yeah. all the stuff that everybody sees now, I'm really not too surprised right, because yeah. he's been doing two a days for two, three years now. Nice. In season. In season. So, that's kind of how, you know, me, you know, meeting Mark came mm -hmm. was through Myron. Yeah. And then next thing you know, I'm seeing other guys, you know, Sterling, who yeah. I had a relationship with. So, it was like a lot of different guys that were coming in. So, after a while, I was just like, well, you know what? Look. I'm in Vallejo. I have a lot of kids coming from Vacaville. Mm -hmm. Davis is closer than yep. Vacaville. So I'm going to just push all the kids that are a little east of 80 towards him. And then mm -hmm. anybody that's from, like, Benicia Vallejo can just come to me. Very cool. And a and lot of coaches wouldn't even do that. Yeah. Right. So like I said, I, I was still new. And I was like, damn, okay, thanks, bro. Like, wow. <laughs> no, that's yeah. good. You know what I'm saying? So I really appreciate that from his side. And, and like, you know, just piggybacking on what he was saying about, about Myron. Like, like what you were saying ego no in in the world that we live in especially as men you know what i'm saying like that's and especially as former basketball players yeah. in a way we kind of need that sometimes to survive yeah. but in all reality of just you know if you take that away and just being you know a, a higher self like you can accomplish even more and so with him just knowing how mj is you know what i'm saying and of course like, i wasn't doing no aau stuff and with 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 what he was doing with Rampage and mm -hmm. connecting me with some of his kids around my area and everything like that, where when it came down to MJ, it was just like, all right, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you said, like, I would see, okay, he's working out with Bracey. Or, like, now, now it's the point out, we know the schedule. Right, you know what I'm saying? Right, when right. he gonna go to you, when he gonna come to me. <laughs> right, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Understanding, like, okay, like, this is what they're working on. And to me, like, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I like it as, as a challenge of, like, damn, like, like, we can really work on this kid. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Not just from the training side, but, you know, our connections and the people that we know. Like, we can now start helping a kid like this together to where here we are three years later and he's at playing in the Mountain West. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and he's still in our backyard and we can continue what we're doing right. to help him. And from there, it's going to inspire all the other kids mm -hmm. in our area. So, 
Yeah, man. Uh, things happen for a reason. No, and it sounds like it does. Hold on. Someone's, we should be live right now, so I guess someone's, hello? What's up, brother? What's up, coach? You're, you're on the show right now, so I just want you to know that because we're filming the show right now. Oh, okay. How you doing, Joe? This, 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 uh, this is uh, Coach Robinson. Coach Robinson from hey, YBA. Real, up? really good brother. Bracey, if you saw him, you know him, man. He's a very, really big dude. How He's you like, doing, Coach? <laughs> good, good. Bless, bless, brother. Thanks for having me. You got anything uh, you want to you wanna throw out there real quick, Coach? Well, we, we were just talking about, you know, different uh, AAU stuff. But since you got a couple minutes, you called in, man. Go, why don't you go ahead and throw, throw – uh, uh, some knowledge out there. This is the this is he's like the Mike D'Antoni of YBA. You want you want an <laughs> offensive play? You want a great offensive play? You call this man. You know what I mean? Well, thanks for thanks for talking to me, up, Coach. Uh, all I got is uh, Coach Collins. He is the face of YBA. He has <laughs> hey. taken YBA to another level. His intensity, his uh, attention to detail, and his player development is. Uh, Second to none. And that's all I got today. I appreciate that, Coach. People just call me fucking crazy. I don't know if they would call <laughs> player development, but I do appreciate that, Coach. All right, brother. Give me a call when you come to the show. All right, man. Talk to you soon. All right, bye. Mm. Stamped you. Yeah, no, nah, he's a good dude. He's, he was my mentor when I first got here because he's been, he's been right. YBA longer than me. He's like Coach Shaw, the OG dude. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. he's like wow. he's like that OG guy. So yeah, he's right. been my mentor big time ever since I got here. So, like, um, well, no, I'm glad you guys talked about that. I mean, uh, you know, I think that's just huge. I want people to hear that you guys are a living testament of two people can work together, really step outside themselves. But, again, it it's a personality thing. It really takes right. two selfless guys that really just are like – because, again, I – I coach and do this shit because I just enjoy it. You know what I mean? Right. At the end of the day, I enjoy mm -hmm. it. It's fun to me. It's, it's, you know, the competitiveness, the, the, the community, like just uh, seeing you guys run away. Like I said, I, I see you more out of town than I, I know, see you crazy. like in a town. <laughs> like I'll see him in Arizona. <laughs> I see him in LA. It's like, you know what I mean? But it's good. It's like, yeah. I'm glad to see you. I see yeah. you out there and just see you thriving. And it's like, Mark, you're starting to get into that circuit. Some man. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I just, I wanted people to hear and know that because you, you hear so much of the negative side of it of this coach is poaching or this coach is talking shit about this coach. This trainer is talking shit. You know, Marcus, he'll be the first one to talk all about that <laughs> shit. But I, I wanted people to actually see an example of what could happen when two guys work together. Right. I mean, and really, those that are like that, they got to question themselves, too, because at the end of the mm -hmm. day, like, mm -hmm. if they played basketball, they know they had a lot of coaches. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They never had one coach. Yeah. They had their, you know, their high school or college coach, then they had their trainer that they might work with, then they mm -hmm. have this other guy that they, former AAU coach, like, even guys in the league. They got yeah. the player development coaches on oh. staff. You got your head coach. Then you have your former coaches, high school, mm -hmm. AAU. Then you got other trainers that you may yeah. just meet along the way. Like, yeah. everybody got a role. Yes. And at the end of the day, like, you can't train the kid all the time, yeah. all day long. Yeah. Every year, every step of the way. It's not, it's not going to happen. And, I mean, well, it also comes down to, like, you know, what's your motivation? You know, yeah, is your right. motivation money? Yeah. You know, or is it actually about the kid? And that's, yeah. you know, that that's for each individual person to figure out. Uh, I, I would like to, I like to think of us more. We're more, you know, we're servants of our community. 
Yeah. That's really what we are. You know yeah. what I mean? We serve the community. Of course, we got to feed our families. We got to take care of home. But, right. you know, it, what, I think Will Smith said it. And and he said he said a lot of profound shit, even though he's been through through it as of late a little bit. But he no, he he did say he said you know if you're not living your life in servants of others, you know what I mean. You're you're missing you're missing out on something. You know yeah. what I mean. Um, you because there's to me it's the givens. Like of course we're gonna take care of our kids. We're gonna take care of our families. Like that's that's the given. But taking some taking someone else on who has no blood ties to you. But taking that task on to say, hey, I'm going to try to help this person become a great person. You know, I just think that's that's a really profound effect. So yeah. I really hope people hear that message. Um, overall, uh, before we move on to all the other stuff, um, what what's your end goal? I mean, what's the what's the end game for Bracey? Uh, for me, I mean, I, I used to have an end goal. Like I used to have like, oh, I want to coach, you know, D1 or maybe be a you know, player development coach in the NBA or something mm-hmm. like that. I used to have that, right. but I mean, recently I've learned like it's really not about the the goal. It's just more about the journey. Yeah. Like, whatever you pick up along the way and wherever journey it leads you to be, that's what that's what's gonna pretty much happen. Like for me, I didn't like I said, I didn't plan on doing AAU, but now AAU is something I might just be doing. Hey. That's you know? pretty good. So it's just kind of like, you know, whatever the journey takes me, whatever people I meet along the way, if it leads to a better opportunity, then that's the opportunity I'm going to take. But till then, I'm satisfied where I'm at right now. Oh, man, you got plenty of fans, so keep it up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good, man. I want to talk um, hot takes. want to get into that real quick. Uh, Okay, so uh, a couple weeks ago, um, and this is just you know, it's kind of died down, but kind of hasn't uh, because I'm I'm hearing I, I from what I heard, I didn't see anything. There was another fight that broke out, I guess last weekend at some tournaments or something. But I was there at the Soldier Town event for the grassroots event when the Asian kid got got punched. So just yeah. quick update for those if you didn't know, I was actually physically there, like I mm. saw it and I was like, what the hell? But um. So there was two teams involved, um, the Bay Area Snipers and uh, the San Francisco Generals. Uh, uh, there's a, there was a video that went out there, even to the point where someone made an a, an Instagram called like AAU Cowards, and they like were posting about this, and it, it was just it got really out of hand really fast. And so basically, uh, two kid, the two one kid wrestled on top of the other kid. You, I'm sure you can see the video out there. It's all over the news, especially if you're in the Bay. Uh, they went for a loose ball, wrestled on top of him. One kid pushed him. The other kid pushed the kid that, you know, was on the opposing team on the South Bay Snipers. He was Asian. And allegedly, again, they, they I guess they investigated, didn't find anything going to it. But allegedly, uh, the, the, the black kids, because they were black from the San Francisco Generals, um, called uh, the Asian kid a racial slur and then punched him. And it's clear on tape. Uh, you can't hear the racial slur, but you could definitely see the punch. And yeah. he, he he cracked that kid. Um, you know, from what I heard, he had a concussion. There was a news report. It was obviously a big deal. Grassroots 365 caught the hell of it. I mean, I don't know if y'all went on their IGs. They had to they had to disable comments. I mean, they let them fucking. It got so bad they went on other people's photos of like tournaments months ago and was still talking about. I mean, they let grassroots have it. And what really made it bad for grassroots, and again, I'm just saying this because I was there and I witnessed it, was the director 
the on-site director um, didn't handle it properly. That's what just made it worse. He like he they didn't get to it right away. Uh, they he kept playing, he, right? Didn't they like? Yeah, they, they let him play. He got ejected, but the, the refs didn't for sure. I mean, you can see it on tape. The refs had no control over that. Um, you know, the, it, it wasn't handled in a timely manner. And then grassroots didn't post the apology till they got a bunch of pressure yeah. from the outside. They didn't do it right away. They were they, and they're paying, they're paying for it big time. Cause people are still commenting. I think to this day, they're not letting that yeah. shit go. So, you know, it was, it, there's a couple of things I want to touch on with that before he, before, and not a bunch of it, but there is a couple of things. Uh, Cause it does bring up. So I know we're in this climate right now where there's a lot of Asian discrimination, Asian hate. Mm-hmm. Um, all discrimination, all hate in any aspect is bad. Let's just get that out in the open. But you, you, but you do have to understand that I. It's not. We all have there. Everyone has prejudice. Everyone has some form of prejudice or, or, or unconscious bias. And kids, unfortunately, have the worst impulse control because those are children at the end of the day. And did he say a racial slur? Did he not? We don't know. No, they investigated. No one ever found out. Um, it, does, it, it doesn't justify assaulting the kid, and the kids need to learn. It needs to be basketball. The biggest thing I want people to try to take away from everything I'm saying is at the end, those are 14-year-old kids. We can't. You can't let something like this from a dumb, impulsive decision to a four, for a 14 year old to affect him for the rest of his life, because there's plenty of shit that I'm sure you adults have done when I know me included. We did when we were 14, 13 years old. That wasn't filmed and documented. That's just the biggest difference. All the dumb shit we do was never filmed and documented. So my biggest challenge for those of you that listen to this or listen out there is don't ridicule this kid for the rest of his life because he he's going to be 25. He's going to be 26. He's going to be 27. At some point, he, he of course, he's going to have regret for what he did. You know what I mean? I just don't think we should punish a kid for the rest of his life for one bad decision. Doesn't negate that it was a terrible thing. I'm taking the whole racial stigma out of it. Let's just keep in mind these are children. That's all, and they can learn. So I was just curious um, what you thought about it, Bracey, and since I'm sure you heard about it, and you too, Mark, what what do you guys think? I, I agree 100% because, you know, of course we're not going to know what was said. It looked bad on video, but I, I just don't – I don't like how they're trying to stir it and make it a racial thing yeah. either. I mean, like I said, we don't know what was said, but that wasn't no Asian hate crime right, either. Right, right. You know? To me it was just two kids. Yeah. I mean, as a kid made a dumbass decision. Right. That's basically what it came, right. looked like to me. And um, yeah, man. I mean that that kid is one day gonna try out for a high school team, or he's gonna apply for a job. And with the way the media is is just slandering his name, that that may be attached to his name wherever he goes, no matter what he does. And that's yeah. to me, that's not right. Yeah, you right. Know? The fight is wrong. He made a mistake. Okay, if you want to ban him or kick him off the team, okay, he can live through that. But right. The extra stuff that's going on with social media and the news coverage and all, I mean that's that's a little excessive. We talk about mental health. Yeah. How do you think that's affecting his mental health right yeah. now? Like I said, he's fourteen years old. And again, maybe who knows? I mean, let's let's play devil's advocate. He could be a little asshole, a little racial, you know, <laughs> asshole kid. That's very possible too. Right. And that would come out and 
you know, God help him because he's going to catch the wrath of the Internet again. Like, right. I mean, it, but let's just try to assume maybe this kid just made a dumbass kid this decision. That's all. What are your thoughts, Mark? Um, well, like I said, he's the kid. <laughs> um, we're not perfect. And then for somebody to be still that young minded, of course, like he made a mistake. It was the heat of the moment. But again, like you said, like I watched the video, too, like from what I heard, like like nobody an adult didn't jump in nobody broke it up nobody got ejected like so of course like luckily it didn't get worse but i just felt like you know somebody should have stepped up sooner you know what i'm saying like it wouldn't have to get to this point because like i said from watching the video there was still a lot of back and forth mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying going on so but, but yeah you know but what I, I don't know the kid's name i don't know any of the kids names but the kid the the victim um, I do hope you're doing well. Uh, hope this doesn't give you a bad taste for basketball for the rest of your life. You know what I mean, kid? It doesn't, It you know, these things happen. Fights happen in basketball. It just, it does happen. We can act like it doesn't, but it does. It just wasn't as documented as it was now. Um, but hopefully um, that's something you can move past the kid that did the assault. Both the kids that kind of did the assault, the other one not obviously the one that punched it worse, but the other kid did push him a little bit in the video. I said, you guys got to learn from this. Um, maybe you'll never hear this. Maybe someone will point it out to you. Um, but you got to learn from it. You have to learn from it and you have to be better from it. If you choose not to, then you have to deal with the repercussions of that. So, you know, for those who are listening, um, definitely I'm a big advocate of stop Asian hate. Um, you know, uh, I just want, just want to see the community do better and keep getting better. We, we've come such a, we have come a long way from the last president, and call them that and just everything else we seem like we're trying to progress forward but it seems like it's always fucking something else that just pushes us right back you know yeah the asian hate crime is is crazy i mean seeing the videos you know just the other videos with old ladies walking around yeah i mean that's just that's sickening for any race right you know i that's that's unfortunate but the the real thing about this back to the situation though one thing that doesn't get talked about a lot, because, you know, when you hear AAU or, you know, grassroots basketball, they're always talking about the parents or talking about the players or talking about, you know, coaches, program directors, et cetera, right? We have to do a better job with these referees, man. Oh, man. Because that's where a lot of the right. fights start. Yeah. True. When you don't control the game and yeah. you have, you know, teams fouling or getting chippy, that is going to happen. Yeah. And, I mean, I've seen – First, I mean, referees, they got to do a better job controlling the game. But then again, you you also can't 100% blame the rest because a lot of them go out there, they don't really have no training. Yeah. Right. They're just doing it because, oh, yeah, I can do it. I can call make that. A little, make a little yeah. bit of money. There's no real training. Yeah. You know, and, true. and that's that to me is a bigger problem at AAU that people really, you know, try to kind of sweep under the rug. Refereeing is an issue. And I talked to my buddy about it who's a ref, uh, Carson, and, and he was like, um, he, he saw the video and he was like, yeah, man, the refs didn't have control. They should have. And he said, but at the, you know, his events was like, well, refs aren't security guards. I was like, I get that to a degree. Um, I don't think a 12-year-old, 13-year-old, 14-year-old is going to, like, really try to stand up to you and start fighting you. I mean, if he tries to, if he if you try to break it up and he starts trying to fight you, that kid's got more fucking problems than, right. you know, than just a heated basketball game he has some serious issues um obviously it gets a little more complicated when a kid is like 17 and you're dealing with some you know fucking giants at this point yeah okay i get it but 
you know, I think 14 and below, you, there, you have to go in as a referee or an official with some form of like, I got to keep these kids safe. Right. You know what I mean? You just, that should just be like the number one in your head because they are kids. You know what I mean? It, no matter how big, no matter how tall, no matter how whatever, they're, they're still kids. You know what I mean? So you, I think you made a made a great point with that. Yeah, know? I mean, there's, there's also, you know, I've seen fights break out even when refs had the game under control. But mm -hmm. if the refs had the game under control, you would have saw one of the refs in that video. Yeah. True. Yeah, I mean, just because there's rules as a referee, all 10 players must be in front of you. No matter where you're standing, mm -hmm. nobody should be behind you while you're up the court. So it's just basic rules that all referees should know. And I'm not just knocking referees in this situation. I'm just yeah. speaking in general in AAU. You know, there needs to be more training for referees. It can't you know? just be me giving you 30 bucks or 40 bucks saying, hey, go mm -hmm. ref this game. Well, and, and, and I know they always keep talking about there's a ref shortage, there's a ref shortage, um, a ref shortage but i don't know i don't see it as bad as everybody says it is because mm -mm. i sure as hell see plenty of refs at these games yeah. so i don't know man like you said it's got to be a balance but moving on from that uh let's talk the nba a little bit right let's get to the fun stuff get to the nba yeah. so uh congratulations and you know splash for mr westbrook he uh mm -hmm. passed oscar robinson for that triple double so you know good job to you sir <laughs> Uh, uh, do we, uh, now the only, my only perspective is it is, you know, the game's changed so much, right? Yeah. Um, I think it's just, I don't know if, I don't want to say it's easier, but, you know, I mean, what he accomplished is amazing, especially sure. as a guard. There's just For no sure. doubt about that, especially as a guard. So, you know, uh, no, all credit to him, man. I, I really just, if he does all these accomplishments without a ring, though, man, that's just going to be tough. You know what I mean? I know yeah. in the press conferences he says, it don't matter to me, my legacy. I, I don't know, man. It, what, what you got? You think that ring might bother him when he's 45 years old, thinking like, damn, man, I should have. I wish I would have just got one, right? Just I, one? I think it's going – I don't think it's going to eat away at just him, though. Hmm. I think KD, Harden, and Westbrook – I don't care if Harden wins the championship this year – what they had in OKC, uh, that's yeah. going to eat them away. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you got to the finals as, what, 22, 23-year-old yeah. against right. LeBron, Miami. Babies. Babies. And they lose, and then you trade hard, and they never got a chance to really yeah. try again. Like all the other great franchises, they lost, and they got a chance to try again. They learned how to win. Yeah. I think that's going to eat at Westbrook. I think. I think he knows where he's at, you know. Yeah. Wizards are not winning the championship. And so unless he gets traded to the Clippers or Lakers or yeah. something like that, I think he knows, like, hey, well, I might as well get all these triple doubles. I know yeah. I ain't winning no championship this <laughs> <Yeah>. year. <laughs> at some point, right? right? At some point. Right. And then, um, let's see, uh, the draft's about to start soon. What else we got this year? Um, uh, oh, yeah, definitely want to talk about uh, with the draft, uh, Jalen Green. Mm. So – you know, he's not even picked to um, be a uh, top three, like really? top three or four. And and it was uh, it's, it's, to me, it's a little – it's very interesting on that because he decided to go to the G League. Mm -hmm. And um, obviously, let, we can safely say he played tougher comp competition than the, um, the kid from Gonzaga and uh, – shit, I don't know why I can't think of their names Kate, right now. Kate Cunningham? Yeah, the, the – um, 
the um than the, when them playing college, right? If you want to say comparison in terms of the competition level. So how he's not even in the top five to me is actually pretty interesting because the top two guys, if you look at their past high school, um, he was ranked higher than them. So that kind of logically doesn't make sense. So think about it. He was ranked number one in high school. The two guys that are supposed to be the number one and two draft kids, one the one guy was ranked second behind him. The other guy was ranked sixth. He, they went to college, played weaker competition. He went to the G League, played tougher competition, but he's not in the top five where they're number one and number two. I right? I think it's more just on the mock drafts, not yeah. in the mock drafts. That's what they're saying. I, I think it's more just, you know, like the optics, like the NCAA tournament. Like, like we're not there watching his games. Exactly. And, you know, there Suggs you hit that buzzer beater, mm-hmm. and Kate Cunningham is a 6'8 point guard that you get to see on ESPN. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. You said kind of what I was thinking because yeah. what I think it exposed, if, if people want to give it this interesting perspective, is scouts are lazy. <laughs> they're not as what you, some people think they are. They think the ESPN analytics guys and all they're on these planes flying all over and walking around with a tablet. And No, they're not. They're just at home watching fucking TV. <laughs> they're literally at home watching TV, and they're like, oh, he's really good, and he's he's going to go number one in the mock draft, right? Like, that's – I hope – I'm just trying to add a different perspective if no one's ever thought of this, but me kind of looking at it, I was thinking about that shit because I my mind just breaks – shit downs weirdly sometimes like this i said how is that possible he's playing the tougher competition how he's playing the g league which is essentially men at that point but you don't have him in the top five the the mock drafts the spn drafts all none of them none of them and i'm like oh that's because you lazy motherfuckers don't go to g league games <laughs> that's really what it comes Nationally down to televised games yeah. on ncaa yeah. Too. yeah they're just like i mean they're literally sitting at the house and they just have, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, he's, re- oh, he did re expect it. Yeah, he's going to go number one. <laughs> I, I won't be surprised once they start doing the combine that his name starts rising up once yeah. they see him in person and him jumping and him, you know, just from watching from afar, like, you know, his game is developing. So I'm pretty sure uh, he's going to rise up once draft day comes up. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it's, I mean, you've seen people have a lot of college success and, mm-hmm. and they go to the league and they be role players. And then we've mm-hmm. seen kids that had hype and then their name dropped and they got mm-hmm. drafted and they ended up being good in the NBA anyway. Right. Like, like what's the uh, what's his name from Orlando? Cole Anthony? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he yeah. He dropped. Yeah. It's true. Like, way low. And he had a name come out of high yeah, school. it's true. And now he's having success. Yeah. I think guys who are built for the NBA, whether, no matter where they're drafted, they're going to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And so, well, I wanted to talk about this one because I thought it was just kind of a funny topic was uh, Mikey Williams. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think he has like four million followers and shit right now. Three it's point crazy. something million. Right. And and like everybody uh, <laughs> at his last AAU tournament. And it was just a regular ass tournament. It wasn't even like no super high level, super oh. special event. Uh, I can't remember the name of his tournament, but uh, he he basically once the game was done, the court was rushed. There's videotape of it like they rushed his shit like it was a fucking NBA game. Like he had more he had more people at his AAU game than people at a WNBA game. (laughs) 
Like the whole, like, I mean, like the whole, I mean, it was ridiculous. And, and what was really funny to me was grown men were like chasing this kid down. They were like, oh my God, give me a 30 something year old man. It wasn't like one guy. It was like 20. They talked about it on Twitter and everything. And I'm just culturally wise. And I know we talked about it before the show, but how crazy is that now that these 16, 15, 14, 13, 12 year olds are having these extremely strong social media platforms? Like what, 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 what do we think about that? And for you guys watching live right now, you can, you can call in and jump in. Ted, you could call in and jump in on this anytime you want. I think it's very dangerous, man, because if the kid doesn't, become anything close mm-hmm. to what the expectation is, that yep. is gonna be a that is gonna be a down mental heel battle to yeah. deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's the part that a lot of people don't talk about with giving people hype so early. Yeah. You know, that I mean four million followers? Sixteen years old. Right. At, si- at, at 16, 16, I'm t- I'm just being real. Me at 16 with 4 million followers, <laughs> I don't know how I'm dealing with that. <laughs> I don't know how I'm dealing with that as a 16-year-old kid. 4 bro. million followers? It's bro, it's crazy, yeah, right? Like I, I, yeah, so, I mean, I just hope that he's getting proper guidance. I mean, because if sure. you have guidance, I mean, there's ways around yeah. it. Yeah. But I just hope he's getting proper guidance. But am I surprised about the hype? No, because I got a 13-year team that, all they talk about is high school kids. And I'm right. just looking at them like, they haven't right. done nothing. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> high school kids are becoming more famous like, than some NBA players at this yeah, point. Yeah, like I, I was having this discussion with one of my players. He was talking about a high school kid. And I was like, hey, do you know who uh, Do you know who Sam Cassell is? Oh, it's hell like, no. Who is that? <laughs> I'm like, so you know the high school kid, but you don't well, know They don't know. Sam they don't know NBA right. players, bro. I'm like, they don't watch the NBA. No, nah, it's not a thing now. Mm-mm. What about you, Mark? What do you, are you, what do you think about these kids getting all this hype? It's, like I said, man, it's a new generation. And I feel like the kids who are living in this generation and who are talented and who are smart, like they're being... They're being, I can just tell like they're being strategic with it too. Like they, like they see that the platform that they have, especially with social media, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, let me just, it's the, I don't know. It's just the personality, you know, it's, you can hear it in the rap, right. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the, 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 the punk rap kind of stuff. And like, that's just what these kids love. And to me, I don't really, I question it, but I don't hate on it because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like. It's not going to change, Mm-mm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Our parents were looking at looking at us back in the day, you know what I'm saying, talking about what we were listening to, <laughs> how we were dressing, like what we were doing, you know, and then now with the social media era, like, it's like, man, it's on steroids. Right. So, I mean, but you get paid for your likeness now in college. Yeah, so it's right. kind of cool to build yeah. your, your yeah, resume no, it up before no, it, it is. you get paid. It's I'm become sure. a money market. I mean, AAU and the hype around it has become a uh, marketing machine. Yeah. And that marketing machine seems to be thriving. But like I told you guys, I showed you earlier, there's a goddamn sixth grader <laughs> that has 95 <laughs> kid named That's Peyton crazy. Kemp. So Peyton, if, uh, if you end up listening to my show, bro, uh, uh, tell your dad I said hi. And, <laughs> but um, yeah, this kid has 95K followers, man. That's crazy. You know what I mean, and that, and that's uh, that's pretty insane. So he can, get, he can give us ten each. We'll be good. Right. Yeah, exactly. Please, <laughs> ten thousand each. We'll like I said, straight. I'm proud of my two thousand. <laughs> like, and again, if anybody, well, especially right now, if anybody has anything to say about it, and wants to jump on a call with us and talk about it, you're more than welcome to shoot me a text, shoot me, uh, shoot me a number, and give you a call. You can jump on uh, uh, 
the phone and, and give us your perspective on all this stuff, uh, especially the media stuff, because that's the biggest thing we want to talk about. Especially you young guys. If I know plenty of y'all is uh, awake, so why don't y'all tell us, well, how, how does this shit work? <laughs> Where y'all, y'all hyping up more high school players than y'all do NBA players. Maybe y'all could fill us in on that. I, um, uh, let's see. Oh. oh, yeah. So, uh, moving on to uh, current events, too. Well, before we move on to that, Bracey, what's your favorite NBA team? Anyway. Spurs, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. Die so, hard. Right. Spurs. Bleeds and black and You and my silver. boy John to get along. Spurs, like, man. Uh, what do we think? What, well, I think my Warriors are out of it. I don't think we're going to make nah, it. I don't no. think the Warriors we are out of it. We not might end up playing y'all on the playing game. When then you got Donovan Mitchell out, too. That's scary. Yeah, it's true. Well, well you know, in, in, in Steph we trust, I guess, because that's <laughs> what it's going to have to come down to. <laughs> but, like, um, no, uh, uh, for the Lakers and the Nets, man, you know, um, I saw that meme of AD <laughs> when they basically cut uh, Mr. Glass's head off and they put AD as Mr. Glass. Oh, <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, what, what are you thinking for your Lakers, Mark? Man, we just trying to get it. We need to make sure we in the playoffs. Okay. Because the way everything looking right now, you know what I'm saying? It's a little rough. I'm kind of nervous. <laughs> I'm kind of nervous. I just need AD and LeBron healthy, I and mean, that's it. What that's do you think it. about the Nets? Uh, I mean, the Nets going to be in the finals. You still think so? For sure. Okay. I think so. Because then Milwaukee beat them, right? Did but they? Giannis went for like 49. Uh, yeah. I mean, granted, is he going to do that every game in a playoff series? No, but nah. I'm just saying, do you think there's some weaknesses there that could – for who? Uh, for the Nets, yeah. All oh, the Nets, they just need everybody healthy. Harden's yeah. still out. True. It's, they never have all three. I don't. I think there's a like ten games or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. Like under ten, I think that they've been together. It also depends which ones are out. Though. That's true. right. Yeah. Right. I feel like James right. Harden with one of them, yeah, yeah is a problem. Yeah, yeah. For sure. For I sure. agree. Totally just because agree. of everything that he does. Yeah. Um, I'm not. It's a couple sleepers though that I'm not. Like in the East, Miami's kind of doing the mm -hmm. same thing they did last year lately. They're mm -hmm. winning yeah. late, mm -hmm. and I like the Knicks too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. It's just, I don't expect them to beat Brooklyn yeah. in a seven game series. Yeah. But if Brooklyn's not healthy, yeah, 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 for sure, they believe right now. Yeah, it makes sense. That makes sense. So I mean, it's really just seeing how it all plays out. Well, um, moving back to AU, so. High-level tournaments are starting back up just for updates for everybody, keeping you guys updated as usual. Um, what I mean by high levels, you have the Compton Magic Tournament, which I'm about to take my team to Memorial Day weekend. Um, you got the Bigfoot in Vegas is going to be hitting up in July. Um, these are probably some of the tournaments you might want to check into, Mark, for okay. sure, because July's that July is yeah. the big month. That's the yeah. month that it's going to be bigger than ever yeah, this yeah, year. Though. Yeah, it's, it's going to be insane. How long it's been since wow. the live periods happened? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the San Francisco Soldiers—they're doing their like July Fourth deal. I'm going to that again. I did think I did it last year, and um, so you know, it's 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 kind of cool to see a lot of the big uh, tournaments uh, uh, kicking back up. You yeah. know, in our area and all across the country. It's already kind of started, obviously, starting in Arizona and those places, but it seems like it's really kicking in more and more. Um, Mark, last time we spoke, our last episode was before you went to Arizona, right? With uh, uh, with Danny, or was that yeah, after? Yeah, yeah. So, so how, I wanted before. you to kind of talk about that experience Man. and the travel and whatnot. So that was our first, you know, it was the West Coast Elite mm -hmm. um, Spring Invitational. So originally we were supposed to have 
20 guys. You know what I'm saying? I I, I signed up our 16U and 17U. This was because we didn't think there was going to be no high school basketball. So, right. you know, in my mind, I'm like, all right, well, shoot. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's get together. Let's prepare. Then they high school basketball started. Kids were starting to practice with their team schedule. I started slowing down from a training standpoint. And then, you know, and then, of course, with MJ, MJ got offered. I was like, yeah, you don't. That's why he was with us with Arizona to right. support and film. Right. You know, so I was like, okay, we don't need you. Yeah, exactly. You know, and then um, so we after that, it got down. And one of my other top guys, Kendall, he got hurt. And I did not want him to play. Mm -hmm. I saw that. Yeah, he got an MRI like last minute. He was cleared, but he he was on one leg. We had 10 guys. Mm -hmm. And so we had to, some guys had to do both. So we didn't have no bench for either team. So if the time conflict, which would happen, we were just, man, we, we were beat up. Okay. Like kids were beat up. And at the same time, for a lot of the other kids, I was trying to, you know, like I said, it was a good time for them to, Here's your chance. You know, I had a couple kids who did choose the AU thing instead of uh, staying with their high schools. And from a competitor standpoint, I was very pissed. <laughs> I was very disappointed. Um, from a development standpoint, like I know at the end of the day, like I said, for me, it's going to weed out the kids who I believe that are going to continue to grow and get to the top. And I think it was a reality check. Just being 100 for certain kids, you know, we're like, okay, yeah, it ain't for me. You got to be dogs, man. You got to be so, dogs. So, yeah, so that's so that was my Arizona trip. All right, cool. So, well, that's, that's good. At least they learn, right? Yeah, yeah. The only other thing, well, last thing I want to talk about before we go to respectfully disrespectful, but, um, you know, I want to talk about um, uh, um, I'm, this is a decision I'm making. Um, I'm going to get vaccinated. I know I haven't talked about that much. I've, I've talked to a lot of nurses and doctors, and I only brought that up because I know you're, like, super anti-vaccinated. So <laughs> that's why I wanted to talk about it. Because um, I do, you know me, I, I, I want people to hear your view and standpoint right. on it. And I and I do get it. Believe me, I do. Because, you know, I, I I very much so. I think I, and I think I told you this. Well, you and Ty, I think you've heard this on the show before. But, you know, my mother was a, a Black Panther. So, right, mm. so she ingrained a lot of that shit in me. And so in terms of our history, our cultural history, and especially our history, you definitely know yeah, you know, our yeah. history in with, you know, black people in, and the, and the med and medicine, we'll just call it that medicine and the, the medical world. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Between the Tuskegee experiments and I, I'm very skeptical. Um, but I have talked to a lot. I like, obviously I've, I've waited and waited and waited. I've talked to a lot of, um, nurses uh uh you know doctors uh brothers and sisters that i've trusted and known and things like that and, and the, the, a lot of them are saying the pfizer one the the pfizer vaccine is like the one to get and should keep you healthy but um yeah i think i'm gonna do it i'm more leaning towards doing it i can't say i'm 100 percent sure but i think i am gonna do it i'm just curious uh kind of you still feel the same because i know you've been a proponent of not necessarily doing it but i'm just have you Thought about it a little more I now? Have, I have thought about it. I'm okay. not going to lie. I've thought about it more um, just because, I mean, I'm seeing everybody else do it, and it's not that I'm trying to do what everybody else is doing. I'm just yeah. seeing, okay, maybe well, yeah, You want to see bad. how it's going to affect them. Yeah, I get it because yeah, I'm, I'm watching. I'm watching. <laughs> <laughs> My mom got it. My grandma yeah. got it. I'm watching them. I'm like, yeah, okay, I, mean, I love you, but I'm going to see what happens. But so. every, time, every time I say, okay, I may get it, every time I say that, I look at, 
like the ones that got it and yeah. see how it's affected. I'm like, dude, I'm not getting no shot that's too many. Because <laughs> I want, like, my girl got it and mm. she was just, like, she was in chills. Her arm was hurting. Oh, I'm just sitting there thinking, like, yeah. Yeah, I'm not getting that. You're right. I, I got, I got, the wife, he scheduled it for me. You know what I'm okay. saying? So we okay. all got ours, but my arm was hella sore. Yeah, that's, <laughs> what, she told me. Hella that's sore. what she told me. Yeah. I was like, I thought somebody like socked me. I thought I worked out. Like, everybody's different. Like my, right. my wife, like I was sore. She was really sore. Okay. And then there's some other people I've heard like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. So, and I heard uh, that boxer died uh, from the shot. What's his really? name? Um, Hagler. Marvin Hagler, Shit. he got it and he died from it. Oh my God! See, so I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know, I like, brother. He was like 60, yeah, he's 60 He's still pretty young. You okay, know okay, like yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, not too old. No, but that's not. I saw that, and that kind of was like an uproar where everybody's like, "Oh hell no, I'm definitely not taking for the real, shot. man." It's, but everybody's different, I guess. But but, but the what's kind of made me worry a little more is um. You see, you see how India's getting hit so bad right That's now, bro? That's what's scary. COVID? Yeah. Yes, oh, bro. COVID is fucking Them numbers up. been going Damn. crazy. It's worse than us. Yes. Worse than us. And it's because they're saying, you know, it mutated, right? Because oh, it's like shit. a cold, you know, it, it can mutate. And they've hit a new strain of it, and it is fucking their country up. That's all bad. So it make, you know, that's what, I, that's what made me lean more towards, like, mm, might do it because... Because, you know, the, what there's, at least from what my nurse friends and everyone explained to me, they say the Pfizer, you know, it basically protect like the way the COVID virus is, it has the little sticky crown things or whatever. It protects you from those. Mm. So that way, even if it mutates, it still can't do anything to you. Right. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I'm um, definitely uh, more leaning towards doing it, but I'm damn sure scared. What about you, Ty? Well, I teach, so. Oh yeah, oh you had to do it. Oh, Got to yeah, do yeah. it. You yeah. had to do it. You're right. It's getting to that point though. Yeah. I mean, pretty soon, I'm pretty sure you're not gonna be able to get on the plane. <laughs> right. Yeah. When that happens, <laughs> right. I'm like, oh, all right, all right. Do it. let's go get the shot, y'all. <laughs> so. Vaccinated so I could fly. Okay. Still like COVID test. Mexico, do that. Yeah, man, that's crazy. I'm telling you. So yeah, I mean, it's getting to that point. But you know, shout out for those who who are doing it and and the doctors for doing their job, man. That's all I can say. Um, there's the for respectfully disrespectful. I kind of want to act. It's kind of an interesting. Don't read the only really have one topic. If you guys want to bring up something else, of course you can before we get out of here and close out. But this is just kind of the one topic I wanted to bring up. Uh, watching more and more AAU teams and watching more programs, especially I don't know. I feel like I feel like after COVID, everyone fucking created a team. Like there's so <laughs> many teams now. I mean, I swear. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, you're right. Right next to everybody created. So I'm like, but I'm saying there's more. There, I've seen. I've seen people that I didn't even know were in the basketball right, team. Right, right. I'm like, yo. I'm like, aren't you a football coach in Sac City or something? Like, like it's like, That's yeah, but hilarious. I'm doing AAU too. Like, all right, all right, I guess. And how many, that's what I kind of want to allude to. Um, <laughs> how many, some of these AAU coaches you think actually play ball? And I'm, again, I'm not, let's, let's preface it. Like, <laughs> let's preface it like this. They played High school varsity ball and some some level of college ball. How many do you think? I really feel I like. I would say less than 
10 or 20 percent. <laughs> you think it's that bad? I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's just when you it, look at when you really think about the ratio of how many teams there are. Yeah. I think it's about I say that most 20. Yeah. I get because that same you, because too. you got a lot of people that are just like, oh, my son's playing, so I'm going to yeah. stay on my team. Yeah, that's true. All right, a lot of those out there. A lot there. of those And then you there. have some people that, you know, they watch basketball, mm -hmm. and they like, oh, I can coach. And they so analyze they, it, they, yeah. but they don't. It, I, yeah. I say 10 to 20%, man. I don't think it's that high. You think so? Yeah. Can't be. Can't be that high. You might be right, yeah. I mean, it's – it's just more and more interesting because, you know, when I go to these tournaments and, like, even being at courtside or hardwood, I ain't, you know, just walking around looking at games. I'm just like, I'm just looking at the coaches. I'm like, you couldn't have played basketball. I mean, I know that's probably something I shouldn't be thinking, but I swear I'm like, you should not have played basketball. When I get it, there are – you can be a great coach who didn't play basketball per se, but right. I don't know, man. It – that's another thing I was like part of what I was saying. Do do you think you could really truly be a good coach without having really played the game? I think yes, if you're a student of the game. Okay. Yeah, if you're sure. somebody that like Spolster, for example. Yeah. If you're somebody that okay, I didn't play the game, but I'm watching film. I'm at all the practices. I'm learning from other coaches. I'm asking, you know, guys like Chris or myself right, or right, Mark right. for input. Like usually those guys that, that are successful that never played they're taking everything like a sponge mm -hmm. because they know that they, they didn't get the hands-on part. Most of the time, that's it's not like that. Right, right, it's more much. like, well, you can do it, I can do it. Right. Yeah. It's what, like, but you don't know what we've been through. Exactly. Well, what, about, what about like, okay, let's say, um, this is just kind of a scenario I was thinking of, uh, let's say like a streetball legend. You know, I know streetball was big when we were younger, but I'm just saying, you know, a guy, a, a guy that you look at like, at 24-hour fitness or cow fit or whatever, and you like, man, that dude could have fucking went somewhere or like that. What if that guy becomes a coach? You think he would have the knowledge or pedigree? Because, of course, you guys, I mean, even at the NBA level, I'm, I was never a fan of Isaiah Thomas as a coach. I did not think he was a good coach at all. Right. But he clearly was a good player. He's you a know? good player. Yeah. I think, okay, for the street ball reference, that person, I mean, because it's different layers of right, coaching. Right, So it's like, that's the type of person that if I'm a GM, he's probably going to be better in player development. Yes, because he yeah. can recruit guys for you. Because for he, one, he can recruit, but if he's a good hooper, yeah. experience or no experience, mm -hmm. then we need to learn how he how he plays. Right, right, you know? right. So it's, I think a lot of people, that's another thing, some people kind of go into the wrong path. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, because some people can coach without – playing the game but they just gotta know they lane. Yeah. If yeah. I if I'm a head coach and I didn't play or I don't know that many X's and O's, I'm gonna hire an assistant yeah. coach that's the best X's and you know smart. Well you that's right. Well mm -hmm. that alludes to kind of what you I mean that's yeah. exactly what you yeah. did. Like yeah. you you were like, I need to learn yeah. and build my pedigree as a coach. Yeah. So you got two guys who are already yeah. in the coaching field yeah. and said, Hey, I need you guys to yeah. You know, catch me up. I yeah. need you guys to help me until until I get there. I mean, because we still learning and we yeah. play. Yeah, yeah, you know? absolutely, you know? absolutely. Like, I'm always still learning. Yeah, we're yeah. still learning. I'm still learning from different coaches and trying to see what I could have done better. So even if you play, you don't really know it all. Yeah, and yeah. then even if you play, I've seen like you said, I've seen situations where former D1 guys that you would think know how to coach can't Not great deliver. Coaches. They Not can't great deliver coaches. the message. Yeah. Oh yeah, when uh, since you mentioned that. And I know DT gonna be mad at that shit for me. 
But yeah, DT was getting his ass beat <laughs> over there when he was coaching. Of course, so DT, my boy Darian, uh, he he played D one, mm-hmm. played pro, six uh, ten cat. He played. Um, why am I not thinking of his guy? Arkansas, 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 Arkansas. There we go. Mm-hmm. Arkansas Razorbacks. Um, he was getting his ass whooped when he got into this coach because you know I brought him <laughs> as a YBA coach right. and. Uh, yeah, uh, D, you know I love you to death, man, but you was getting fucking destroyed. <laughs> and he didn't and he can't, he didn't know how to handle it because you know he didn't he, he ain't used yeah, to losing it's a like that. Type of game. So he's like, How the fuck are we losing to all these <laughs> I was like, bro, coaching is not the same as playing, man. Cause you yeah. gotta trans our words are our power. Yes. We have to yeah. trans you have to figure out how and again I always talk about the psychological component. You really gotta figure yeah. out how can you psychologically tweak this kid to do what you want on the court because we can we can't physically be out there right but you have to invoke these adjustments and changes you know what i'm saying so i just thought that was pretty interesting takes time though man you know to find yourself though Mm -hmm. you know to find out what you feel is you know your voice on how you deliver certain things because it's it's, man coaching is hard it is it really is. And you still got to coach against the opponent. Yeah. And adjust to what they're doing. Exactly. You know, even though you might have your players and they might be prepared, but another team come out there and do X, Y, yeah. and Z, you got to make an adjustment. You got to sub. It's a it's, chess it's, match, man. man it's, it is it a is. chess match. Yeah. What about you, Mark? What are you overall thinking um, about? It? I just feel like, like what you guys were saying, I feel like in my personal experience, like, I feel like some of the best coaches are the ones who have played because you bring in the element of the life experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like certain things like, yes, first of all, you got to be, if you're not, if you haven't played, you have to be a student of the game. Like you have to be a nerd. You have to be obsessed with learning. So, th- you know, that's the X's and O's side. You know what I'm saying? Maybe even a little bit with, you know, even with the skill development. Cause you see a lot of trainers now who've never played and <laughs> they just nice. fucking watch YouTube videos yeah. or whatever. They, and then they just, they're I think that's still- different. I think I don't think that you can see. That's the thing. I don't think mm-hmm. you can train if you haven't played. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah. Or, or how about I, this? I, you also even as a trainer, have to understand you have to develop different training style. You have to because, like for instance, uh, what do you do when you get a big, right? Mm-hmm. Or like, or what if you have a kid who's mm-hmm. more or, or a person? I shouldn't even say a kid, but a person in general who's more of a back to the basic mm-hmm. type player. I know there mm-hmm. that's kind of becoming extinct, yeah. but you still run across them. You know, yeah. you can't say, all right, I'm gonna I'm train you like a guard now. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. all right, we're gonna take away everything you like to do. Yeah. I want to make you a fucking point guard. Like, no, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I yeah. think because um, there are some trainers out there who i think train according to their style of play mm-hmm. and i think mm-hmm. that does a disservice sometimes for too, sure. to the kids because mm-hmm. sure. you for do sure. have to adjust that as well but like like so like like going back to the coach thing but yeah yeah you're right about the whole training thing too but even with the coach thing like a person who understands x's and knows who hasn't played because there's been a lot of those coaches in the nba mm-hmm. and but if you have the coaches who have played and who have the life experience and they also study the game, you know what I'm saying? You bring that all together, those are the coaches. If you really look at it from the Phil Jacksons to the Steve Kerrs, mm-hmm. uh, I know Coach K used to play in back in college for, yeah. like, Army. You know what I'm saying? Like Pat Riley was a good Pat, player. Pat Riley, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, those those coaches, I feel like, and like and I know for me and I know for you and you as former players, like, because we've went through the ups and downs of our careers, like we can dig deep and bring that type of delivery to the kids and tell them stuff where they're looking at us like, well, damn, he ain't lying because he went through it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So, so I feel like those 
to me, what I've noticed, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like those are like the best coaches or like you said, like, like for me, I started my AU thing. Like I didn't know nothing about no X's and O's and yeah. you know what I'm saying? I'm thinking as a player, I'm thinking about the skill development side. So of course like, I bring on, you know what I'm saying? Shout out coach Tyler. You know what I'm saying? I bring him on cause he knows all the X's and O's. For him. So that helps out. That helps out a lot. So. Yeah. Oh, well, before we get out of here, Ted said he wants to chime in. <laughs> so I'm going to give Ted a call real quick. See what he wants to say. Picking up. No doubt. He texted me. He was like, I'm going to be on the ship. Like, okay. He literally texted me. I said, Give me up. Yes, sir. What's going on, Tetris? Hey, man. You're, uh, you're on the show, bro. So, you know, I um, we were talking about, uh, and maybe you can answer this question. Give us your opinion uh, real quick. So, do you think um, coaches who haven't played like who who haven't played basketball can can they be good coaches right and obviously if if so if you agree like you know do you still think coaches who've actually played basketball still can make better coaches and and what i mean by uh what we were talking about with uh higher level basketball it just means like varsity level and above varsity level or be like a really good street hooper right so it's just some sort of pedigree in the game do you think that helps to most coaches or can you just, you know, learn, learn, learn and just be fucking amazing at it? What do you think? <laughs> All right. So I have two ways of thinking about this. One, um, we've seen it. Yeah. The best hoopers are not the best coaches. Right. Not because they don't care, um, but there's an expectation that what they learned that the kids are supposed to know it. And we know that unless you teach the kid how to do something, they'll never know. And you are what you, you get what you emphasize or you are what you emphasize. So if you're just going to tell a kid that, you know, you got to be better than that, and that's all they're going to think. They're not going to get any information. On the flip side of that, there are street hoopers that legitimately are like, you know what? I don't know how to teach a defense. I'm going to learn. Yeah. And they get out there and actually learn it. On the flip side, we all know that most parents don't know much about sports. Not saying that they're not, um, they have never been around it, but they don't know much about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of the recreation level in particular, you don't have coaches out there with a background. So that's kind of where the foundation levels, at least in America, uh, are for a lot of, a lot of coaches starting. So the long answer is both. Okay. <laughs> both. It's both. But the, but the long answer is what I just gave. So, like, I really think that there are really good coaches out there that study the game. And they're just like, you know what? Um, I know what I have. I know what's going to get the most uh, out of what we have. And that's it. And they may have never played ba- basketball in their life, but they may have played other sports and they understand strategy and putting people in position. And so they're willing to go study or steal from other coaches and be like, you know, that would work. Or just, we have to remix it this way. But they may have never played the sport. Now, I will say the coach that can do both is like the luxury. Mm-hmm. Like you don't get that very often, right? Like you get the people who have played, but also understand like, I can teach someone how to be better. And I understand the next progressions for all of this stuff. And I, I know what my team has. And I'm willing to walk them through that. That's the luxury. And you don't get that very often. Very so, cool. uh, but yeah, that would be my, my long and short answers. 
both, but then at the same time, that's kind of like the requirement. Sorry for being in Switzerland. No, yeah, I know. Sp- spoken as eloquent as Coach Ted Wood, right? <laughs> as he would. No, uh, what? Just one more thing, uh, and obviously, I'll let you, you know, say your piece, Ted. Say your comments, of course. Um, we were talking about the. Did you, did you see that thing that happened in the Bay with the kid that got punched? Did you hear about I that? Seen, yeah, I'd seen the footage. I, I didn't really dive too much into it, and I don't know the context, but I did see the footage of it. Well, yeah. I, I kind of want your uh, opinion as an official. Um, a yeah. lot of people are more or less blaming the officials, and, and I was there. Right. I'm not going to kind of lie. I feel it kind of was their fault because they didn't. Sure. the whole game was out of control. And even in the video when it happened, you could see, like, there was just no attention to this play happening yeah. at all. And it sh- to me, it should have been. You know, Carson's yeah. standpoint was kind of like, well, we're not security guards. It's not like, you know, we're out there. We're not going to, you know, uh, be bodyguards and all that stuff. I get that. But at the end of the day, that right. I mean, they were 14, 13-year-olds. It wasn't like it was two 17, 6, 10 <laughs> man-body kids. You know what I mean? I just feel like at of some course. point, you know, I'm I just curious from your perception as an official, what, what what could maybe they have done better or, you know, if you were in that scenario, which, again, I know you've been in some pretty heated situations, but, you know, yep. you, you've always pretty much kept your cool. What 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 could be what could be done better for that? So um, I, if I looked at the footage correctly, I think in the upper left corner, uh, a referee was uh, inbounding the ball or they were mm-hmm. inbounding the ball or something like that. And yeah. they were doing a count, but his he wasn't looking. Like he was looking at the to his right, or mm-hmm. I think it was his right, yeah, but wasn't looking at like the left side. And I think it was the same court, if I'm not mistaken, when it was going on. So that's yeah. one thing I noticed. I'm like, okay, there wasn't a the the, the new trail official, mm-hmm. so the person inbounding the ball uh, or administering the inbound, wasn't paying attention, right? And then if it's a pressing situation, typically nine times out of ten in AAU ball, it is the the new lead needs to make sure they have eyes on anything going towards the basket, you know, where it goes to their other end line. Okay. So, like, there should have been eyes on it. Um, it's kind of like my thing. But, you know, th- we, we talk a lot about, and this is one thing I want my mentor, uh, shout out Bob Godwin, um, Wendy uh, Daly, who actually I just saw, uh, she was doing the Rockland game and uh, Rockland and um, Folsom game. Uh, she she mentored me a lot in my college officiating as well as uh, Mo. Everybody knows Mo uh, out there. Of course. Because uh, some of the things like that they talked about, one of the concepts of ants versus elephants, you know, what are things that are ants? And are we making them into elephants? You know what I mean? Uh, but Bob Godwin actually brought up a really good point. And I think it's a common phrase just in, in just managing people. But um, are you a thermostat or a thermometer? thought that was a really dope phrase because the thermostat you can control, right? You can, the temperature in the room, you can go up and down. The thermometer only tells the temperature. Mm. It doesn't do anything. And so as officials, like you want to be the thermostat. You want to be able to control the temperature in the room. Sometimes if the coach is going crazy, you might have to walk with a little bit of humor. Coach, I got you. What do you you want to talk about? And let them get off what they want to get off Mm -hmm. with the players. It's, it's, it's a very emotional game. You might have to have conversation with the players. Notice certain players that are maybe losing focus of playing and is wrapped up into some other situation. You have to recognize those things. Our job is to administer the game. So we have to be aware 
I'm not only attending the court, but the 20 that are on the sideline as well as the two coaches or three coaches or however many coaches. We have to be aware of all that stuff. Yeah. And is that too much for two officials? Yeah, maybe, you know, but that's also what you signed up for too. So um, there's something that led up to that. You can't tell me that randomly they just decided to go and fight. Right. There, there's always a precursor or there's always some uh, sequence of events that happen that when you look back at it, you say, I didn't, I didn't address it. Right. And so what you address, you allow, what you allow, you endorse, right. what you endorse, you end up getting. <laughs> so <laughs> like if, if you saw something and you allowed it, then you're going to the next step. Right. And so like, I always, I always look at and assess every situation like, okay, is this something that I'm allowing or is this something that I can address? If I don't address it now, will I pay for it later? It's better for me to say something, get check the temperature of everything, and then say, okay, is he or she going to take it to the next step? Is it my job to maybe bring her back to, or bring him back to like just focusing on the game and the competition? What words can I use? Right. You know what I mean? How can I connect with this athlete? Like, there's all those things that I don't know that the manual or the book talks about, but those are people skills. So there's no way some 12 and 13 year olds just all of a sudden randomly want to fight just because they want to get out there and play. You know what I mean? That was just being unaware as officials. And I don't disagree with Carson, but I think that there's other stuff with it too. Right. You know what I mean? Well, so, I like, well, I like your perception, man. And, and I appreciate you adding that bonus. Uh, you know, th- thanks for, uh, taking my phone call and, you know, saying your, saying your wise words as always, man. We always appreciate you, uh, Coach Tet. Hey, man. All I know is that this is the third time <laughs> I've done something for you, and I still have green m and Oh, here you go with this shit. Why? <laughs> can you why stop? the hard thing you do? Uh, can you stop being bougie, brother? <laughs> all right, man. I appreciate you. I'll hit you up later on. All right, bro? Talk to you later. All right, man. So, uh, with that being said, uh, shit, it's getting hotter and hotter in this fucking room. Sorry, y'all. It's summer. It's summertime, so you know it's getting. That's when it's winter. It was actually all right. It was tolerable in the winter. Now, now it's getting hotter and hotter. But no, uh, definitely um, appreciate uh, the people who did call and the people who said what's up. I want to try to make that more of a trend in our shows because definitely think that's a cool little interaction, a little way to get some insight from the outside. Um, for sure going to try to do some things with Patreon and Podbean and try to have more live shows and just have more audience interaction. I think that that's a good route to go. Uh, Brace, you got any last things or any last wise words to say before you get out of here? And nothing too much, man. The only thing I'm going to say is, you know, if you're a kid out there, man, just keep, you know, work hard at whatever you're doing, no matter if it's basketball or not, man, whatever you want to believe into, whatever you believe in, just go at it, work at it. Take it one day at a time, man. You know, I watched, you know, Myron basically set out a goal and he just one day at a time got to where his goal was. He had to go left a little bit, go around, go across the country, but it still ended up where he where he wanted. So well.
Well, you guys heard it here. Uh, Coach Bracey, again, thanks for being here. You know, I always appreciate you, brother. Always good seeing you. Um, just want to do a quick shout out to uh, Gerald at Ballers Bridge. Um, I think you're doing a great job, man. You're, you're working hard. You, you damn sure made my YBA guys look good <laughs> the past few <laughs> videos you did for them. I appreciate that, man. Uh, Coach Dwayne, uh, we had an open run this morning. Appreciate that. Got my ass to shape a little bit. <laughs> so I'm forcing myself to keep hooping, keep running a little bit, trying to keep up with these young guys uh, as best I can. Um, but no, uh, thank you again for those who've been checking out the shows. Uh, we appreciate you. I know Mark appreciates it. Ty appreciates it. Um, when you guys hear the episode drop, you know, let me know what you think. Feel free to, you know, inbox me, inbox Mark, uh, uh, hit the About That Live podcast. Uh, the links for Bracey's information will be in the description on the YouTube. It will be on the description for the audio stuff. Um, please keep checking us out. I'm going to try to, again, we try to get our schedules together, but we're going to keep pushing content out. The good thing is I keep having a bunch of more guests that are like, hey, I want to say something. I got some words to say, so we're going to keep doing that at you. But, uh, Bracey, again, man, appreciate you being here, bro. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate you guys for having me. Mark, you got anything left? No, nah, man, I just want to shout out again to Bracey. Thanks for uh, being on the show. For sure. All right, man, and we are out. <laughs>